become Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello and welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. With me, Fluff. And today we are going to be discussing the highly controversial subject of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. This is episode 7, 8 and 9 to finish the Skywalker saga, as I believe we called it. Um, so we will be going through that. However, it was a bit stormy last episode, wasn't okay. it? We were being pummeled in this country okay, come on. by the storms. Come on. So I would like to turn today to the words of R. Kelly. Oh. And say, whoa, 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 R. Kelly, are you sure about that? I mean, he's, oh he's, fuck, he's, I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, he's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's not. No, I totally did think about that because the word is, the words I was going to turn to is, the storm is over now and I can see the sunshine until the next documentary. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, next time think about, you know. Yeah, maybe I'll think about who I'm Yeah, think, next think time. about how you're doing, yeah. Oh well. Anyway, let's move on. They can't all be friends. Um, <laughs> so, welcome back everyone. Let's do the admin first. Uh, you can find us, as you can see if you're seeing us. Hello! Hello. We're on YouTube. Look at our lovely set. It's here. Um, uh, you can find us on YouTube and your podcast medium of choice. Um, uh, please, if you haven't done already, go over to the YouTube channel. Uh, the link is bit.ly forward slash byteBackYT. That is bit.ly forward slash byteBackYT for the YouTube channel for Byteback Media, where you will find our video podcasts. Um, uh, please go over there, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. It all helps. We're trying to get the channel monetized so that we can, you know, uh, keep the studio running basically, and uh, pay for these lovely bits and pieces that we uh, are doing as we go along. Add a figure or two up here. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a figure or two up there as well. Um, if you would like to donate to us more directly, you can by going to bit.ly forward slash byteback Patreon. That's bit.ly forward slash byteback Patreon, where we have tiers at. For eight and thirty dollars, isn't it? Is it thirty? Yeah, yeah it's probably four, is. Four, we we usually 30. get this right. We're right. Yeah, on this we're, stuff. we're right we're, every we're time. Really good we've on never this been stuff. wrong. Never been no, wrong. We've never gotten the Patreon no. stuff wrong. No. So uh, yeah, you can go over there. You can donate more directly to us if you want to. Obviously, we have tiers, and you get rewards at different tiers at different things. As you can see, if you're watching the YouTube version, I'm sporting the, spi uh, the Spice Girls. I need to say Spice Girls. What the hell do I say Spice Girls? What is wrong with you? I'm sporting... R. Kelly and Spice Girls. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Alright. Just been drink a, your tea. Been a long day. Just right, have, a, have, a, have a sip of tea. Go on. Lovely. That's way too hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can see me sporting the Screen Masters t-shirt, which is available in a range of sizes and colours. The minute we don't have an official merch shop yet, we are working on the bike back. Uh, .co.uk website uh, to with an eye on launching that so if you are interested in any of the merchandise or anything like that just send us a message through one of the platforms uh, if you go to the Facebook page at facebook.com forward splash forward splash right okay are you all right no I'm done see you later yeah all right Bye. No, um, Right, let's try that again. You can go <laughs> to facebook.com forward slash the screen masters where you'll find links to all the places you can find the podcast uh, and we update that with information of new upcoming episodes and things like that. Um, and yeah, so head over there if you need to, facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. And again, if you're interested in anything, just send us a message through that, comment on one of the videos, uh, you know, leave a review, rating, whatever on your medium of choice. It all helps. 
Because essentially, if you say you like it, they push it in front of other people who like similar things. Ah, oh dear. So, right, that was an awful introduction. So, let's move swiftly onwards then. Should we? Have you got anything to discuss before we get into couple the main bit, topic? Couple, couple of bits of news. Okay. Couple cool. of bits of news. Oh, um, yes, actually, I had one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave you that one to you. So yeah. I'll, I'll touch on the, the the other important ones. In fact, this first bit of news is something that you brought to my attention. Oh yes. Um, which made me very very happy when I suddenly get a message off you in the middle of the day, which doesn't always happen. With yeah. did you know that this had happened? Usually yeah. it's the other way around. Yeah. Log Horizon. Yeah has been picked up for a season three, for those of you who have watched our yeah. anime episode. How long has it been? Because uh, I thought it was weeks. like years ago since... No, no oh, sorry, oh, since oh, well, Series since, 2. Since Series 2. Because I thought it was like a few years ago you finished watching 2015. That. Yeah. 2015. So, it's been a good five years, maybe. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, thank you very much for informing yeah, me of that. I was very ecstatic yeah. the day that you told me about that. Uh, oh, so, I just found it really interesting that I, I thought it had been yeah. a fair few years oh, since yeah. you finished watching it oh, yeah. and that was it and it just seemed strange to have suddenly gone, oh actually no, we will do some more of that. Then. Oh, I'm, I'm cool. very, very happy Good. about yeah. that. Um, another thing that we touched on previously, which was uh, Ex Machina, which oh. is going to be titled The Great Machine. Oh, uh, has somebody attached to play Mitchell Hundred, okay. which is Oscar Isaacs. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know what? I'm, I'm actually that. happy with yeah. that. You know, I've got no problem with that. I think that would be a very good choice. Yeah. I, I think, think that's yeah. really good. I, 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 I love really him. He's a great actor. Yeah. He's a great actor. And again, you know, alright, don't look at Poe Dameron to see that he's a great actor, but I would argue, watch him as Poe Dameron, and then watch Ex Machina, mm -hmm. the film. That's probably why they've not called it Ex Machina, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, go and watch that film. He's incredible in that film. And then he's incredible in things like Operation Finale on Netflix. And then, uh, oh God, there was a love story one he did with Sky Cinema, I think. And he's just, not particularly good, but, you know, you see him in all these different roles and he's just an absolute chameleon mm -hmm. whenever he takes to anything. So, no, I think that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. And a final bit of news, which uh, which we can't really talk too much on because you've still not quite sure to to that, uh, which is Picard, which has already been commissioned for a second season. Indeed. And uh, now I'd seen a bit, and I've mentioned to you how I've much I love this. I've actually been and watched the clip now. Wonderful. Uh, there was a clip where Patrick Stewart went to the talk, which is some... American loose show. women for America, loose women for America, basically, basically. yeah. yeah. Uh, of which Whoopi Goldberg is one of the the one of the panelists, and uh, yeah, he invites her back for season two, and her reaction is absolutely priceless because it just shows how much she loved the idea of coming back into the fold. Of that. Yeah. And uh, oh, I'm, I was I was hopeful, yeah, a little bit hopeful that there was going to be a surprise cameo by her. Mm. But the fact that that's not going to happen, but I know that she's going to be in season two, I'm happy about yeah, that. It's good I'm no, I'm happy with that too. And yeah, the only one I was going to mention was the... We mentioned last time, or a couple of episodes ago now, as it would be, that Scott Derrickson had, um, uh, was no longer directing right, Doctor yeah. Strange. Um, but now I've heard Sam Raimi oh, yeah, maybe yeah. directing yeah. it, which could be really interesting. Yeah. I, I think I'd like to see that. In the multiverse of madness? Yeah. Would you... With, would with you... his chops. That, yeah. But not just that. Do you think we'd get a throwback? Oh, what, you think you might get Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man being seen? Why not? Mm, Why not? If it true. is the multiverse of madness, DC you want to bring back Smallville and Superman go. Returns, Brandon Routh Superman, then... I mean, personally, I, I still can't stand Tobey Maguire. I think he's a vacuumous bastard, but... Do you mean a charisma vacuum? Charisma vacuumous bastard. Yeah, okay, yeah that's fine. That, that's yeah. absolutely fine. I can't stand the man. He's, he's, he's oh, yeah, I don't rate him as an actor. I don't rate him as an actor or as an individual, as a human being. But still, that's, that's beside the point. 
Anyway, that's shall right. we? Uh... Oh, quite R. Kelly sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> shall we get on to our main topic? Now, what is our main topic? Again? Just uh, you before your worlds. Our main topic is discussing the sequel, the Star Wars sequel trilogy, as it's now known. So we have this: the prequel trilogy, right. one, two, and three; the original trilogy, four, five, and six; yeah. and the sequel trilogy, seven, eight, and nine. Mm -hmm. Fine. So that is it. So yes, today we're gonna have, we're gonna unpick some of this and discuss it and get some opinions mm -hmm. and how we feel about these things because I think I'm right in saying we're both we're both huge Star Wars fans. We yes. we have been since since we were children. Um I you know, we can't say we're the generation that grew up on it. Like I didn't go and see it in the cinemas because I wasn't born when the first no. one was released. I don't think I was born when the second one was released. By the time the third one was out I was three. Yeah. So but did you go to I the cinema to go to the special editions? No, I didn't. Oh, I did. You see, I didn't watch Star Wars until I was about 17. Uh, see, I watched and it I, very, very early. I watched early. the remasters as well. I watched early it very, very early, again, because of the luxury of, of having access to so many videos and mm. whatnot when I was younger. So I'd already seen it a thousand and more times, but as soon as the special releases came out, yeah, I was at the cinema to watch oh, that. That's cool. And then, obviously, we had to live through the prequel trilogy, which I did see, mm. and worked at the cinema during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we went through that, and then yeah, we pushed off into episodes seven and eight. So, uh, seven, eight, nine. Sorry. Let me take you back about eight years to 2012. Disney completes its purchase of Lucasfilm, and shortly thereafter, announced that they are going to produce a new trilogy of main episode Star Wars films, as they became known. We know at this point now, with all the kerfuffle that goes around all of this, we know that the original plan was three directors, good modern directors, who either have had a background at that point of experience doing what they were being asked to do, mm -hmm. or had a very particular voice and um, a, a very particular style, shall we say. And I, I'm thinking particularly of Rian Johnson in that instance. He... At that point, he, he was, I feel, one of those. So, episode 7 was going to be J.J. Abrams. Um, in 2012, he began in TV. Uh, he did Alias and Lost, or was behind the, the creative mind behind most of those two shows, um, which were generally well-received. Obviously, Lost you know, was mired in shit by the end, but let's remember again, for at least three or four seasons, we were all 100% on board mm. and into everything that mm -hmm. was going on with that show. Um, he had done Mission Impossible 3 and directed that, which was a fantastic blockbuster um, and was a great course correction for the series, I feel, because we went from a, a very interesting Brian De Palma spy thriller in one mm. to a ridiculous, over-the-top John Woo action movie in two, which kind of threw, threw plot to the side and just focused on action and doves. And flaming archways and, and sideways gun shooting. Uh, and Dog Ray Scott making the biggest oh, mistake God. of his yeah. career yeah. by going, I'm going to do Mission Impossible. I don't want to be the Wolverine. Yes, yes. What a great well, decision that was. Well done. And also I called Richard Roxburgh and his South African accent out as well in that film. Um, so then we did Mission Impossible 3, which obviously was Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy. It tells a broken narrative that's really dynamic and interesting and took took the best parts of the cool action-y stuff that Wu had done and put it together with the spy espionage thriller stuff that began the series and melded the two successfully. Mm. Um, 
But again, you could argue that was a reboot almost for the franchise. It, it, like I say, I see it as a course correction, putting it back on the course it should have been, rather than sort of following off where John Woo would have gone with it. Um, a reboot. J.J. Mm, Abrams and reboot. Quite, because then he did Star Trek. <laughs> and Star Trek was a total reboot. And interestingly, I didn't realise all the stuff that led to them doing that, because apparently J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions owned the rights and the merchandising rights to the alternate timeline, the, the Kelvin timeline as they call mm. it, Star Trek movies. Mm. But they don't own the rights to any of the other Star Trek stuff, which is why Discovery has happened and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's why they had to change uniforms and things, because they haven't got the rights to them to sell mm. them in the first place, because Paramount owned the rights to that side of things. Um, it's also why at the minute there is a kerfuffle over the, another film. Because Bad Robot, it seems like Paramount don't want Bad Robot to produce another one. Mm. But if they do produce one, it has to be in the Kelvin timeline. Sure. Because they can't do anything outside of it, because sure. their production company only owns the rights to that timeline. Mm. So it's it's a really weird, mired thing. If you're interested, I might put a link in the video or something that you can go and re uh, have a look at the research. I got bogged down in it the other day. Um, and he'd done uh, Super 8, which is... I, I, I love that film. It's a great film. It's like a... Stephen King homage almost it could be a Stephen King book that had been lost it feels like it's a bit of a Stephen King Steven Spielberg homage quite. yes actually yes you're quite right there yes um, for, uh, I think I mentioned Stephen King because it's got the feeling of the, Stand By yeah, Me yeah, 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 The yeah. Losers Club yeah, it's from the, it it's, it's the gang of the, kids together it's the story element of Stephen King with the style of Stephen Spielberg yeah, yeah sort of an E.T. type style yeah. isn't it yeah very much so yeah you're right there um but again, he'd proven him, so that's him being a, an interesting new writer-director, but at the same time proving he's got these blockbuster chops and he can take a, a, a thing that worked before that has fallen on hard times and jolt it back in again. Yeah, as long as you don't put too many lines so, in there. Exactly. Um, but that is essentially what we wanted from the first Star Wars, or that's what they wanted. They wanted a reboot but th that would push us off in new directions. So he was the perfect man for the job. Episode 8 was going to be Rian Johnson or Ryan Johnson. I'm not sure I always say it Rian, but I think people I think say Rian. it Ryan. I, I don't Rian. know. So I'm going to keep saying Rian Johnson. Um, now, I, I first became aware of him back in 05 because he did uh, Brick mm -hmm. with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm -hmm. which is like a, a, a cool... It's almost like a modern neo-noir storyline, like a, a film, proper film noir, but set in a high school. So it's, it, it was the first hints from him that I saw of... He likes to take the tropes that exist within certain things and then play with them and push them around a bit and push them to their limits. And again, like we discussed last episode, albeit briefly with Knives Out, I, I you know if we hadn't been running on with the intro, I may have stopped on that a little bit more because mm. I think it's I think it's a great film and it is a classic Who Done It, but it's not at the same time. Yes, it takes lots of things you understand about Who Done It and you think it's going to happen and twists them a bit or plays them differently and keeps you guessing. Mm. And it doesn't have to fall back on that stupid thing of, oh, it was that guy over there who was hidden in a cupboard for two hours in the whole film and we never showed you him, but that's who it was. Ha ha ha. No, it was a character that we were fully aware of that had happened. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, all that works really well. I also, uh, I think it's, um, I think it was Kermode's review of Knives Out. He said he went back and watched Knives Out a second time and it tells you everything you need to know in the first 10 minutes, he mm -hmm. said, without, like, but you don't know at that point. Mm -hmm. It's only on a second viewing that you go, oh shit, you told me every fucking thing I needed to know to get this. Um, and by 2012, he'd also done Looper. Now, he didn't really do a lot between those, actually. He did some yeah. short stuff and he did some writing stuff, but not a lot of directorial stuff. But, I mean, 
Looper was a. I, I, I've just written mind-bending brilliance because I, I think it is quite a. I think we did. We guys see the see that together. I believe. May have done. And it's the uh, Bruce Willis Joseph Gordon-Levitt again. Yeah, I think where they're uh, the same people looping. He's looping in time. You, me, and our good friend Gav. Yeah, uh, I think I it might have been. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Film. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I don't think I've seen it again. I don't since. think I've seen it again since. No, actually, when it was I was one looking of those, at this, it's but... one of those ones. One viewing is sometimes enough mm. for some films. Yeah. But yeah, he again, Rian Johnson wrote and directed both of those. Yes. So we're getting a director with a voice, with a very distinct idea of what he's wanting mm -hmm. to do. Um, and then episode nine was Colin Trevorrow, who I've got to be honest, I don't really know much about. And I looked him up on IMDb, and I've seen Book of Henry that he did quite recently, which starts out as a heartbreaking tale and then sort of goes off in a totally different direction about halfway through and I wasn't on board with the different direction. Mm. Um, but his first sort of credit is on a, a film called Reality Show from 2004, never seen it, um, and a, show called, uh, a film called Safety Not Guaranteed that seemed to get some awards in 2012 I feel like I know. Well, I read I about like it, and actually, I've just written, sounds interesting. So I, I think I might like go and look it up and have a look. I feel like I've known this or seen it. I, well, I see so much. But the point is, in those three, you've got three quality directors mm. who have either proven they can do it before or proven they've got a voice that's important and interesting in the modern day or in 2012 when that was. So, and I also personally, whether, you know, I've got no fact for this, I think you have to see that Disney had bought Marvel by this stage as well. Or had they? No, did they buy Marvel after Lucas? I believe they bought them after. Yeah, yeah, they did. But I, I can't help but think they were looking at Marvel and going, right, so you're... Because at that time, they were taking people like James Gunn and going, hey, go. Mm. Here's the film, here's Guardians, you go and do that. Mm -hmm. Just do what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you free money. Um, and... But the thing is, I suppose... Tyker some on Ragnarok. I, I, feels like he was given the same sort it is, of free reign. No, no, not everyone is. No, 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 no. But in, in the respect of, I think, with, <coughs> with those as examples, um, there was nowhere near the level of expectation on Guardians. Ah, no, uh, no, no, And things like that. As there would have been So they could Guardians. take a chance. Yes. Now, yeah, exactly. And that's where I think this... This is where we start to fall over, because they decided to take a chance on something that maybe we shouldn't have taken a chance on. But I can see what we were trying to do. You got the safe reboot pair of hands in. So for Seven to start you off, you got your safe pair of hands in, in JJ, mm -hmm. who you know can reboot a franchise and start a new franchise for you and that sort of thing. Then, personally, I think they wanted to do something different with it. I think they wanted to do something slightly off the standard. Mm -hmm. And that's why they chose Rian and Cor mm -hmm. Colin for the second two episodes. But I have no evidence to back that up. That's just the way I, I, looking at it, I wonder whether that's the case. So, before we, so we got episode seven. Mm -hmm. Episode seven, I seem to remember was, I don't think there was too much fan outroar by it. I don't think everyone was entirely impressed with it. And then, but I don't remember the level of vitriol that we got for episode eight, for no, example. No, there were certain elements of it, uh, Han going bye-bye. Mm -hmm. uh, very much a rinse and repeat of Star Wars. True, it's, as we'll come to when we discuss. But in terms itself. of no, the vitriol heat, absolute like, heat the fans, that came out. The fans out. were all right with it, as far as I yeah. remember, and were pleased with some parts of it. Yeah. And yes, had criticisms of others. Fine. Sure. So we went through that. We're gearing up for Last Jedi to release, and unfortunately, Carrie Fisher died. Um,
before Last Jedi actually released, mm -hmm. but she had filmed everything for mm -hmm. uh, that film. Now, the exact timeline and what happened next is difficult to say as fact here. What I've done is researched, looked online, looked at all the stories going around, and as far as I can see, we've got... <laughs> there are two stories here as to okay. what happened next, okay? So at this point, at the beginning of this, this sequel trilogy, we, uh, we, 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 we had these plans and we had these things in place. Now we know that at the point where 8 released and Carrie Fisher died, episode 9's script was written by Trevorrow and was ready there. I believe he was actually gearing up for pre-production mm -hmm. to get it going. And obviously Carrie Fisher died. Now, what we know for a fact is then, after that, Colin Trevorrow left, episode 9, over creative differences, our old friend. Mm -hmm. um, now, I've heard from, there, there, was a, there was a couple of sources that were pointed towards his reasons to be because Carrie Fisher died, and episode 9, she was a core yes. to the entire film. Yeah, I've read which, something similar. Which, at the point of this interview... We couldn't be sure of that, but obviously now, as we sit here now, Ed, the, the original script for episode 9 leaked and was out there, and indeed she was the emotional core of the film. It would make sense, because if you think about it, the first film used Han mm -hmm. as the emotional core, the second film used Luke as the emotional core, and the third film would have used Leia, thus giving each of our original mm -hmm. three characters, the, the original trilogy, a good send-off in each film. Or you? Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> so, because she died and the whole film was based around her, he didn't know how to how to rework this script and how to rewrite it to make it work anymore mm. because of the essences that had been, A, things that were set up in the previous films that he was paying off in his film because he, that was the plan. There was the plan to pay off stuff um, later on. Um, but it, it could be true because... His leaked script does back that up because it does use Leia as a total backbone for it. But whether that's the case or not, we don't know. But that's where we then left... That, that Episode 9 got left like that. The other story is that Bob Iger, the head of Disney, um, when they first started down the road of the sequel trilogy, um, he left Kathleen Kennedy in charge and said, Look, it's fine. I don't need to be involved in this. You know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Off you go. And then she got JJ in, and she got Rian in, and blah, 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 and they were doing this, that, and the other. And there is a story that Kathleen Kennedy was very keen to work with Rian and with Colin because they were going to divert the story, or divert the mythos a bit, and take it away from a sort of lineage aspect and make it a bit more all-encompassing and available to everyone. So you don't have to have been born into Family X to be able to be a Jedi, or to be able to be one with the Force. Mm -hmm. When the fan reaction came back into Episode 8, just bear in mind, the critics generally liked 8. Because they yeah. liked that it was a more challenging film. Mm. They liked that it took away... They liked that it tried to subvert things that we knew about Star Trek. Now, it's Star Wars, even. Um, again, when I get to Episode 8, we'll, I've got some notes on that to illustrate that point. But after the reaction to Episode 8, the rumours, or the word, is that Bob Iger came back and went, you fucked this up, mm -hmm. I've now got a course correct, mm -hmm. get me J.J. Abrahams on the phone, he can do the last piece because people liked his first one. J.J. Abrahams. What did I say? J.J. Abrahams. 
Oh yeah, it's a Abrams, isn't it? Abrams. As it's written, yeah, it's Abrams. Sorry. Um, that's fine. I picked you out that many times today. Oh, that's fine. So yeah, <laughs> he wanted to get JJ Abrams back because the fans seemed to like Episode Seven more than they liked Episode Nine. Not sure what's true, but they're the stories that I've managed to piece together from different points on the internet. Either way, we can clearly see that post Episode Eight, things were not well mm. in this. And they were on a stupidly tight deadline to get this last part out. And obviously they didn't want any of their background machinations to get out to the media. To make it look like anything was going wrong. Um, so, JJ came back. He had a very, very small amount of time compared to the amount of time he had for the first one. Because uh, I think that released 2015, was it? I think it was supposed to release in the May. And it got pushed to the December because an Avengers yeah, yeah, film 15, was coming 15, out in the May. Right, yeah. So it must be 15, 15 when they were 17, buying Marvel. 19, 15, because 17, 19, yeah. yeah, it must have been 15 when they were buying Marvel then because they moved it from May because it would have clashed with an Avengers film. Mm. They and they December. didn't want to screw themselves over, so they put it down to December instead. Um, so he had pretty much three years to work on it after they announced. Mm. And, you know, however long they were planning it before they announced, I don't know. Um, but he then had to do this. So... He comes in, he's got very little time, a script he hasn't written, because it's Colin Trevorrow's episode 9 script, and he's got a script he can't make, because the Characters. key part, yeah, the key character in the film is dead, mm -hmm. so you can't make the film you've got in front of you. So, he came in, he did what he did, and episode 9 is what we get. Now, with all of that in mind, mm -hmm. let's go back to 2015, and a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, okay. And let's start with Star Wars Episode 7. So, Episode 7, I... I'm going to take this bit by bit and then look at it as a, an overall thing. Apologies if you can hear the rain. It's very loud here today. The storm may have gone. No, it hasn't. Um, <laughs> it came back because I invoked the name... Yeah, we won't go. I shouldn't have named. Yeah, um, the opening sequence of Episode Seven, for me, sets up everything JJ was going for, and delivers everything JJ was going for. It, there is like the first shot, is a direct homage to the first shot in A New Hope. How many homages are there though? Let's face it. How many what? How many homages are there in this film? Oh, quite. And this yeah. is what we get to. Yeah. But yeah, it's an homage to the the first shot in A New Hope because a big thing covers up what you're looking at, and then things fly out of it. Um, the music is Star Wars music. It's John Williams. It's John Williams, it's John so it's Star Wars. And it sounds like Star Wars, and we're getting little bits of Imperial March here and there, or we're getting little bits of goodie music and stuff, and it's creating the big scene. But again, the music is always so grandiose, and so, you know, it's got such gravitas behind it almost. Um, and this is a theme that, I'll get, that, that plays through with it, is that, Star Wars has always, there is a reverence for the things in Star Wars, mm. for them to be taken so, so very seriously, mm. so seriously, that you can't poke fun at them in any way, sure. or that you can't do something more interesting with them, because no, that's what you've got to do, because that's what we've always done, okay? And JJ, as you say, clearly didn't want to deviate from that, mm. he was like, well, I'm, I'm basically just gonna and it's like the South Park says the South Park member berries episode when they look at it he 
just went in and he basically redid A New Hope with different characters, some slight tweaks on the plot points, but just made sure he hit all the good nostalgia beats yeah, that made going, all the original fans go, oh, yay, I yay. remember, I remember, I remember. Exactly. Now, whether that's good or bad is the point. That's personal choice, mm. whether you like that or not. Mm. It, I, I think it makes it... I mean, you've got people doing their best job and... and like the, the the landing sequence where they're coming down, that opening sequence when the troopers are coming down. I love the, the, the JJ-ness of it because he's instantly injecting it with a bit more grounded reality than I'm used to. Because the shot where you see inside the dropship and the troopers are all just stood there and the lights are flickering on and off and the camera's jogging about, it's like a war film. Mm -hmm. it, it invoked a war film for me. And I've never felt like that before. Mm. I've always felt like it, it felt clean and sterile almost in the environments from the original trilogy. And again, when you get to the dirt, Stormtroopers have dirt on them in this one. Their, their white is, is dirty in some places because they've been out, well, so of course it would be. But in the original trilogy, you never saw that. Everything was clean and crisp. <coughs> yeah, I think, uh, the I mean, there's dirt, but I think only in one perspective on one person. Mm. Which, oh, no, if you're talking about Finn, yeah. no. I mean, he's I thought, dirt, I thought blood, that it, he gets blood, blood down his face, and then his outfit <clears> has dirt on it. It has an accumulation <throat> of dirt. And as he comes in the ship to take his mask off for the first time, I thought, I bet he's the only one with it. And actually, the stormtrooper that walks out <clears> as <throat> he's walking onto the ship, the, their back plate <clears throat> is dirty. Oh, okay. It has muck <clears throat> around the edge of it. Just a, you know, a dusting <clears throat> of muck because that's what would happen. Mm -hmm. okay. right. um, so, you know, there's just those sort of things that just ground it a little bit more for me and, and help to make me think of it as more of a real thing than a, uh, you know, a clearly a space opera or whatever it might be. Um, they, they introduce a good hook in that first opening sequence. Again, like you would expect, almost exactly like the sequence with old Ben in the hut and the thing and here's the key piece of information. And, you know, it's, again, like you say, very played. It's, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, I absolutely love the laser pulse that hangs in the air in that opening sequence. So cool. And, again, that's, that's just him playing with effects like they couldn't in the past because it wouldn't have looked very good. But that's, you know, seeing that side to force powers, we know you can do that. But the fact that he's holding it in place and he's holding the beam and Poe can't move and then they get Poe out and he's still holding that beam. But he's that fucking powerful, he doesn't have to think about it. It's just in the back of his head, he's like, yeah, that beam's still there, I'm still holding it. And then he just lets it go at the end of the sequence. I love that. Um, but that opening sequence, as I say, that showed me what I was getting. And essentially what I was getting was a greatest hits. I was getting a compilation of the things that I loved about the first film with different characters, so the cameos that I wanted and expected. But then the introduction of the new, and when we first meet Ray, which I think is the second scene after that opening uh, battle sequence on, uh, yeah, it's on Jakku, Jakku isn't it? Yeah. Um, where we then go and meet Ray, and we're first introduced to her, and she's you know digging around the attats and stuff. I love that because I'd never thought about how big these things were on the inside, yeah. and it's just that that element of perspective, and that she's in the middle of a battle. You know, a battle clearly happened there that was. Oh, it's been retconned a couple of times, I think, as to whether it was the final battle of the Empire or not. 
Because supposedly Endor was supposed to be the final battle. Yeah. Apparently uh, in Battlefront, the game. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, that's where it comes in. It said that Jakku was the final battle of the Empire. Yeah, because... It was like a last stand of the Empire or something. It was all to do with the fact that the remnants of the fleets, etc., etc., which kind of weren't there then had that big battle yeah. but again I think the you know the Star Wars comics covered various yeah. different elements uh, well Rise of Skywalker then rewrote it back to Endor being yes. the final battle yeah. so you know it, uh, that's been retconned a couple of times yeah. but um, the, I think probably the only new real recognisable new piece of music that I know is his Ray's theme mm. and I, I adore that theme such a lovely piece of work from John Williams again it must have been nice for him to actually get to write some original music for mm. once for Star Wars rather than just going, oh, where are my old tapes? Well, I'll chuck that in. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, as you say, the introduction of the new against the old in, in respect of the, the same tropes as, as previous, we get Cameron Poe, uh, Oscar Isaacs, uh, Rebel Pilot. Cameron Poe? Who's Cameron Poe? Cameron Poe? Poe Cameron. Cameron. Cameron no, no, but Cameron Poe is somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in... Uh, Conair. Conair, yeah, yeah. He's Nick Cage Nick Cage. Conair. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't know how the hell that got in there. Oh, that's brilliant. Poe, that is. I love that. Yeah, there you go. There's yeah. the link between Conair and Star Wars, boy. There's our 60s. Uh, Cameron Cameron Poe. Poe Dameron. Poe, Poe Dameron. Dameron. Sorry, my apologies. That's all right. That's funny. Uh, the introduction of Poe Dameron. Again, Rebel Pilot. Quirky robot. Oh, where have we seen this before? Yeah. Uh, we get the introduction of Finn. A, uh, you know... Uh, a stormtrooper who doesn't necessarily feel that he should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously having a bit of a panic attack, which nobody seems to pick up on. Aside from a couple of you know side characters. And then we get the introduction of Ray. Now, yes, Ray was very much the most interesting of the three characters mm. straight off the bat. Just this innocent looking girl stripping away an attack in the middle of the desert, uh, going just to survive. Mm. Essentially, that is the crux of her. Yeah, yeah. Again... Reflections back to another character who's oh yeah absolutely okay. like I say um, you've yeah. got a sand planet yeah where she's doing a mundane task yeah. but she feels like she should be doing she feels like she's destined for something greater yeah and it comes it's across Luke on Tatooine and, and, and it comes across a robot with a secret who'd have thought yeah. mm. so anyway so sorry to break your flow no 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 it's absolutely fine um but yeah I the he he brings up the war movie thing again a bit later on. Um, with a lovely, uh, a lovely shot that I, I, I really like, but um, it's like a sunrise, and he has Tie Fighters flying out of the sunrise, yeah. which invokes, well, I don't know, I think Apocalypse Now with the Hueys whooping into the distance, uh, whooping into the foreground as the the sunrise is behind them. Uh, Kong Skull Island uses a very similar shot to invoke Apocalypse Now as well, where they have their helicopters in front of the rising sun, and then Kong rises up in front of the sun, mm-hmm. and it's just that image to invoke the feeling of a war film again that just grounds it a little bit for me. Um, I mean. Yeah, my last point here is basically it's episode four with some tweaks to the plot and your yeah. characters in the roles. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I have no problem with it, and I like the, the, the Bergen relationship between Finn and Ray. Mm-hmm. Finn and Poe. Mm-hmm. I like the interplay relationships. Yep. That, that, Particularly that, that early bit with Ray and Finn. Where it's that whole stop taking my yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just keeps grabbing a hand and yeah. running off with it. And then I love that because even then he knows to pay it off. Yeah. Because then the last bit they do, she puts her hand out and yeah. he grabs it, and yeah. then they go, yeah. and that's the final escape. Yes. 
Um, so those those interplays were, were fantastic. Uh, the the reveal of the Merlin Falcon. Again, it's just like ah, oh, we, we won't take that ship. It's, it's a piece of shit. Okay, we will we take that ship. Oh, what? the garbage will do. Yeah, the garbage. It's like, oh, hang on a minute, it's the fucking Millennium Falcon. Like nobody, you know. And then she, oh, this is the Millennium Falcon. Hang on a minute, you just said it was a piece of shit, love. Like, you know, until you knew what the ship was, like, stick by your original assessment if you're gonna say. And I think there's problems there with the timeline, because um, I, I didn't get around to researching the whole timeline thing. Because I'll maybe cover that in a different episode another time. But so I mean, I think it was very well put together. I do genuinely still enjoy it. Uh, probably the most enjoyable of the three sequel films, for me, at mm -hmm. the very least. Do I have my issues with it? Most yes. definitely, yes. Uh, a big honking laser that sucks every single bit of energy from a sun, yet they don't seem to indicate there any problems with radiation, or the heat, or anything else on the planet itself. We're just sucking energy right from a sun, and we're not really considering the scientific implications. What happens to the planets that are orbiting that sun? Yeah, what exactly. happens to yeah. Starkiller Base itself yeah. when it's drained the sun because it's no longer orbiting that sun yeah. because it's drained it? So does it just spin off into space? What, what also know. puzzles me as well is like, and it, it becomes a, a, an important part because you know they're, they're landing on this planet and there's, there's the snow everywhere and it's like, oh, Chewie's a bit cold and rah rah rah. Okay. You're still sucking the energy from a, a sun. You're ex sucking all the heat and energy from a sun. There's all this snow. No. Uh, no. 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 Totally not on board. Not gonna fucking happen. And the point I was gonna make, I've just remembered that before we had to reset the video, was um, timeline. She says, I think it's when she meets Han on the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Ray says, "I thought they were a myth." When speaking of Luke and the Jedi and mm. stuff. So how many years have passed? Because Han's still alive. Yeah. He's older. Well, uh, well no, no, if you think about it, it's got to have been an age period because uh, the, the Return of the Jedi would have been done. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we obviously get, oh, a few years. and Okay, then Han and Leia have a kid. That kid is now a grown into his 20s. So it's got to have been 20 plus years. So... At least 20 oh, plus yeah, years. I, I would say... I can give them, I can go to 40 before I start to run out of say, time frame. Yeah, I'd say maybe 30. Maybe 30 then. You, you could realistically say that by the end of, if, if Leia, Luke and Han at the end of, because it's almost, it almost is that anyway, between the shooting of the films anyway, it almost is the exact right amount of time. I could believe that the age they were at the end of six, add 40 years, and that's where we are now. Is 40 years enough time for something to fall into myth? Well, this is the thing. And it's, not, it's, just, not just myth. Yeah. Galaxy-wide myth. Yeah. Well, Because she lives yeah. on Jakku, yeah. where there are the wreckage of Empire ships. Yeah. Who does she think brought those down? Well, this is it. It's, I mean, let's face it. By the point where the Empire has risen and fallen, all the Jedi have been worked out, or so they believe. Yeah, yeah. Order 66 has yeah, occurred, and, and the mass extinction of, of the Jedi. Yeah. What they also... I suppose this is emphasised a little bit more in the in Rebels, and, and in Clone Wars a little bit as well, is the fact that uh, Palpatine goes out of his way to kind of hide the facts of, of the Jedi, as though they never existed. In oh, the I see, so he tries to rewrite history. Yeah, yeah, essentially, it's that uh, you know propaganda machine that dispels any belief that they were ever there in yeah. the first place. 
And that's the thing. If and obviously having... the beef we have with that is yeah. that we shouldn't have to watch two animated series to get that information. Correct, yes. That's the problem with it. Uh, and it yeah. Again, all this bollocks that I've prefixed this entire discussion with, mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to know all that mm -hmm. shit. I shouldn't have to know about that to, 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 help, to help form my opinion on whether I like episode 9 yeah. and whether it's a good film or not. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to know all that shit. Um, again, there's little things within it, just to, just to cut it. Um, so you've got zero interaction between Rey uh, and Leia, and yet suddenly Rey comes back after, you know, Han's died and stuff like this. Who's the person who, yeah. whose arm she runs into? Yeah. Somebody she's never ever fucking spoken to before. Whereas Chewie, the poor bastard, just lost his best friend. Walks who the straight fuck past him. Nobody gets, gives Chewie any comfort. No. Uh, what's that about? Justice for Chewie. Justice for Chewie, man. Justice for Chewie. Justice for Chewie. <laughs> Which was an actual hashtag. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason that I'm remembering. <laughs> it's funny. But yeah, I, I think I watched Seven and I wasn't blown away by it. No. I was very much thinking, hold on, I've fucking seen this. Like, particularly the third act. Because mm. even the third act where they stood around the big hologram and Han's go, Han essentially said, I'm sure he basically says the line, and we've done this before. Mm -hmm. Isn't it just a bit bigger? Mm -hmm. And they then go, well, yeah, look, there's the Death Star. Oh, Here's God, Star oh, Killer Base. Yeah. And you're like, come on. Yeah, so it's just this the is, same this is the Death Star, which was massive. This is Star Killer Base, which is 50 times yeah. bigger. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, all right, it has to be bigger, doesn't it's it? Like, it has to be okay, bigger. Okay, so you're just doing the same thing. Yeah. Now, I took issue with that in the first place. And it's only after seeing eight that I realised that I would rather have seven than eight. If eight is what oh, yes, no, Pete, no, yeah. if eight was what that person wanted to do and push things off in a different direction, actually I'm the kind of Star Wars fan that just wants more of the same, I think. Mm. Certainly from my main episodes. I don't I'm a bit more forgiving of the other stuff because it can push the boundaries, it can play with it, because I've not got thirty years, forty years, fifty years worth of built in knowledge mm. of a of a previous story and a previous way of doing things. That's why I feel that, yes, maybe you should do the riskier stuff in Rogue One, or in Solo, or in a Mandalorian series. That's where you play in the sandbox. Mm. Don't play in the sandbox where everyone has already got their place in the sandbox, and the sandbox is already organised, and everything fits in its component parts. Mm. Don't start fucking with that, mm -hmm. because you are never going to get anywhere, mm. and it's never going to end well. And again, I, I genuinely think that there is there was specific marketing involved when we get to episode 9 mm. in order to protect episode 9 from potential backlash. Mm -hmm. um, so, alright, let's move into episode 8 then. So, episode 8. The Last Jedi. The opening sequence. I was so positive, because I, I love that opening sequence with the attack on the Dreadnought and all the bombers and Rose's sister. I love it. It looks great. We set, we get to see the, the Poe we know, but it also sets up his character arc for the rest of it because he makes a decision to have the bombers destroy the Dreadnought even though they should cut their losses and run. Mm. He goes, no, we're going to do this, we can do this. And the last bomber gets the bombs and blows up the whole ship. Yeah, the... And, the casualties at this point, though, have been fucking staggering. Exactly, and that's absolutely staggering. But that's where I like it, because Poe makes this decision, and he then argues his point later with Leah. Leia, and says, but you can't talk about them like that, they're heroes. And she says, yes, there are a lot of dead heroes, no leaders. Mm -hmm. 
and you and it just stops him. And this is, I mean, how how, ugh, how annoying is it that the, the film is written off, yet actually there is some really interesting character work going on at points in this film. And the point will be on this, The Last Jedi isn't for me. It's not what I want from a main episode Star Wars film. But I cannot knock Johnson for what he was trying to do. In terms of a man trying to execute his vision, I can see what he was doing. And I think he did really well at trying to execute his vision. However, his vision is not what my vision was or what I wanted the new vision to be for Star Wars. So from that point, and we get that lovely opening sequence, from there it just starts to go wrong for me. Mm-hmm. We get our introduction to Luke. So we spent the entire <laughs> of Episode 7 mm-hmm. getting to Luke, trying to get Ray and the lightsaber to Luke because that was going to kick off the next phase. She walks up to him, she presents the lightsaber, and what does he do? He throws it over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Now that is Rian Johnson in a nutshell. Mm. He doesn't give a shit about the reverence that has been put on this mm-hmm. piece of metal. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking piece of metal. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to do anything. And this is my point. I can see exactly what he's saying. Luke says, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. You were going to come here and give me this sword and suddenly I was one man was going to go out and mm-hmm. destroy everything and win the war. What did you think was going to be the result of this? And I, I can see what he's saying. I agree. You're absolutely right, actually. What the fuck did I think was going to happen? And then actually, well, what I thought was going to happen was essentially what happened in Empire. Mm. Rey was going to go off and train mm. with her Yoda, mm-hmm. Luke, mm-hmm. and learn the ways and go back and then be a key part in the fight for episode nine. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was mm. going to happen. Because again, that would fit yeah. with what I understand about what I'd been set up with in episode seven, which was more of the same that I was used to. And that's where I thought we were going. But yeah, the subversion at that point of the trope of and, and the reverence that is applied to everything. And like I say, I can't knock him for it. I see what he was trying to do. And throughout the whole film, Johnson, and he said himself, he wanted to move away from this royal family-esque lineage um, that, that came with Star Wars and the Force. And, and you know, that you have to be this person's son or daughter in order... You know, Ray had to be someone important's son or daughter. Johnson never wanted that. That's why, as far as he was concerned, Ray's parents were nobody. Yeah, and I would have been, fully, been far happier if he would have been. I, you see, but I wouldn't, because that subverted the trope. I, I, the trope is that everyone in Star Wars, if they've got a funny background and you don't know who their parents are, they're going to be related to someone who we've seen before. But I suppose my, Rightly or wrong. My, my argument with that is, like, again, because I've watched animated series like mm. Rebels, Ezra Miller's parents don't turn out to be hugely important Jedis. Mm. He's just strong with the Force. Kane and Janus doesn't suddenly have a huge connection with family that trails back generations who were Jedis. He's just powerful with mm. the Force. And that's where that comes in for me. I don't necessarily feel everybody has to be connected to a fucking Skywalker or this, that, or the other. That just doesn't work. Yeah, no, no. Just I totally agree. And like I say, I could take that either way at the time. I, I don't know how I would have felt about her parents being nothing. I, at the time, I felt cheated. Hmm. But I, I only felt cheated because I felt like everything I'd watched up to that point had led me to believe that her parents were important. And then for that to suddenly be written off as nothing uh, I think, made me just go, oh, oh okay. I think that, I think this is perhaps where Ian Johnson was coming from. It wasn't the fact that uh, it was her, her parents were important. 
It was that she was important. That's it. And that, that's that's that was it. it was, and, and that was it. That, that bit where she's looking in the mirror and she's looking at every reflection of herself, trying to suss out where is my lineage and stuff like that. That doesn't matter. It's about who you are and what you do that's mm. important. And again, everyone who, who kicks off about the Force and the, the, the way new people can use the Force and stuff. Um, Rogue One. Chira Inway. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Yen's character. Yeah. He, he's using the Force. He's... One with the force and the force, you know. But one with the force like, and the force is with me. I, I take away yeah. from I take away from that film that he is in touch with the force. He's yeah. not a Jedi. He doesn't use a lightsaber. Yeah. He doesn't know. You know, he knows the lore and stuff because he's he studied it in some way. But yeah, he's in touch with the force. Yeah. Yet he has no lineage, as far as I can see. And as I say, he was never a Jedi. He was never anything. But and that is accepted. Obviously, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we may discuss it for episode nine. But there is yet another character within these films who later on becomes force sensitive. Well, we're indicated that that is the case. Yes. Well, as far as we're we're concerned, he has no lineage because he doesn't even know where the fuck he comes from. Mm. Yeah. So you know. So why is he allowed yeah. to do that, and then the other isn't? Yes. Is is the the weird thing. So the I mean, no matter how I feel about what Johnson was trying to do and the way he plays it, and you know, we could talk about the the. What's your opinion on Leia pulling herself back into the? I have no qualms about. That. I've got no problem. No qualms about that at all. Because the thing is, is that we have never established categorically the specific powers or the specific uh, force users' abilities. Well, it stands to reason to me that if you can pull something towards you, you can pull you towards something, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but and and Hold on. She's in space. Yeah. So there's no friction. Yeah. There's no gravity. There's no air. We there's don't... nothing pulling against her. Again, we've... Uh, as, as is kind of revealed a bit in, in episode 9, but as, as you touched on, we've had a 30, possibly 40-year gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Well, who's to say what training she undertook? The fact that she was Luke's sister and clearly was strong with the Force because, uh-oh, okay, she's from royalty of, you know, but again, the fact is we don't know much about her, how much training she had. Who's to say that that's not what a Jedi could fucking do? I've got no problem with that, absolutely not. Um, I do have problems with, um, okay, the timeline for me is is all over the place. In, yeah, that's in, what I'm in coming to next of, for the actual plot of the film. Yeah. Is it, the, the problem is, it's like we've gone from the end of episode seven. We've literally gone. This is the end of episode seven. A heartbeat away is now episode eight. So we've got all this shit kicking off in episode eight. So we've barely even gone a couple of days between the two pissing movies. Well, potentially the resistance storyline has moved on very slightly. But the Ray storyline picks it's, up it's, from exactly where we this left. This is it. it. It's going. Uh, we, if this no, is going on at the same time. This is going on. Then this is all happened within a space of a few days. At the end of episode seven, they weren't being attacked. No. We didn't know a dreadnought existed. No. Yet suddenly, beginning of episode eight, yeah. there they are. They're being attacked. Yeah. Dreadnought. But again, what was the beginning of Empire? Yeah. And what the about, beginning of Empire was? They found them. They're being attacked. Yeah. They've got to escape from the planet. What about Kylo Ren, who had just gone through the ringer, and now he's like, oh, he's all being all healed up. Hang on a minute, I'm pretty sure you just got battered and now you're picking yourself up and you're in a bit... Yeah, uh, just, so there's a passage of time there the, as the well. The passage of yeah. time really, yeah. really, really, really focuses Absolutely. me. Um, Absolutely. And, and it only gets worse, I feel. Oh, it does. Um, uh, that's the thing. It's like, as soon as kind of like, you know, Finn finally wakes up, he's like, where's Ray? Okay, we cut to Ray and we cut to that little section. And I love the interplay between... Uh, I say the interplay. The very brief interplay between Luke and Chewie. It's just like... Chewie, what are you doing here? Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's that's what I want to see. 
Why are you cutting now? Uh, I didn't want that. And they I don't did. interact again. No, that's it. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, like, there's a reason that we enjoy the interactions between these characters because of that. I really enjoyed the interactions between Finn and Ray. And guess what? For the whole film, that doesn't happen. No, because we introduced Rose Tycho, who is a character I have absolutely no I have no qualms about. I don't care that she's an Asian, and I my God, the fact that the woman had to come off social, social media, media is, is absolutely Star Wars fans horrible. were so upset that they had cast an Asian. No, it's just a Fuck off, it's Star Wars fans, yeah. quite frankly. I do not want to be no. considered... The same as you. Yeah. It's deplorable that that is the situation that we found ourselves in. I had no problems with her character. I had problems with her character suddenly declaring her love for Finn mm. within the space of 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, you can't die. I love you. What a crock of shit. Sorry. Well, she not... doesn't say I love you. I'll be fair. She says, how, this is how we're going to win the war. Saving the things we love. Okay, yeah, but essentially... And that's a after she stops him killing himself, yeah. when that would have been perfect. But it was essentially a declaration of yeah. love, which oh, no, I I'm, not, just, I'm not arguing that, but the, she doesn't just actually say that. That anymore. whole bullshit casino scene, which bored the absolute pants off of me. Uh, the casino, bollocks, there you See, go. See, I told you earlier, casino equals bollocks. Um, trying to, like, you know what, this, this, this famous actor, he's a friend of mine, let's yep. put him in this scene. Yep. Let's put Justin Theroux in this scene. Let's put this supermodel in this scene. Yep. Um, uh, no, just make semblance of the actual fucking film. Yep. It was a colossal pissing disaster, that middle section. Absolute uh, pissing yeah. disaster. Yeah. Didn't care about Benicio del Toro's character. Okay, he's a little bit. Mm, he's a bit on, uh, the, on the dark side. But he's doing the Benicio del Toro thing where he's got the little. He tries to give himself a little tick every yeah. now and then, but it doesn't. It's not consistent, yeah. and it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm playing both sides. Guess what? You're going to betray them. I saw that a million miles away. Sorry, oh, pal. But wait. Um, That's you know, impossible. What? Him betraying them in the way he does yeah. with the data he does yeah. is impossible. Yeah. And I shall explain Oh, okay, why. that's cool. Um, again, I'm just trying to go through all of the tropes of things that I hated. Let's, let's, let's okay, let's, 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 let's hold We may hit okay, some okay, of that. Okay, as all right, okay, carry on then. You, so, yeah. so, okay, let me, let, let, just pull it back all to right, okay, a little yeah, bit yeah, more okay, towards okay, the beginning okay, again, okay. right? So, let's, let's put to one side yeah. what he was trying to do mm-hmm. and that he was trying to, you know, change the way the force works and, you know, perhaps open it up and sure. make it be all-inclusive. Sure. Because there's the sequence... Um, no, not going to discuss that. The problem for me okay. is, that, no, I discuss it in a minute. And okay, I'm no, 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 because right, okay, okay, I've just pulled you back because I wanted to discuss something earlier, and then I was about to do the same thing. So, no, shush. Um, let shush, Pete. This Pete in the head. Um, the problem for me is that when you look at the the, the sort of core narrative, mm. it's boring. Yeah, boring as shit. Because after that initial opening sequence, what do the Resistance do for the rest of the two-hour runtime? Sit on a ship and do fuck all. Well, yeah, we take part in the slowest car chase or spaceship chase in sci-fi history, as far as I understand it. Yeah, apparently people can still flip off and and get get to a ship and disappear and and not be caught. So, yeah, we've got 18 hours of fuel left, and somehow Rose and Finn manage to fuck off on another ship, come back again... And we've still got six hours of fuel left, so it takes them about 12 hours to fuck off to the other side of the galaxy and come back again. And I thought to myself, how does Mars, is it Maz or Mars? Canada. Uh, Maz Katana. Uh, okay, I thought it was Canada. Anyway, that one. How does she know Poe? They never met. No, no. She met Han, who yeah. she already knew. Yeah, yeah. And she met Ray. Yeah. And she met Finn. Yeah. So 
Finn was there in that discussion. Sure. But I'm sure Poe is the one who makes the call. Um, and he's like talking to her and stuff. Well, I mean, he. I mean, they find them and, on that location. But the three so people Muzz is talking to yeah. are Finn, Poe, and Rose. Yeah. And she's only met one of them. Now, I suppose. And I'm he trying, was a duplicitous I suppose I'm trying to play devil's advocate in the sense By all of means. we don't know necessarily his full history true, in terms true. of who he's who he's actually interacted with before, True. so it is Very feasibly true. possible yeah, that he, he may could have interacted with Fair enough, I'll, I'll give him that then. I'm, 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 I'm playing Devil's I'm Advocate no, of The Last I'm Jedi. Amazed. What the shit I'm is going amazed. on? The casino. Let's go for Rex. it. The casino. As I say, my notes, the first note is casino equals bollocks. Yes. The reason for this, not just the fact that they, they fucking skip off and they come back and what they go off to do in the first fucking place doesn't get achieved. So the whole exercise is pointless. Mm -hmm. yep. It's a waste of fucking time. And there's no need for it other than the fact that they didn't really have anything to do with Finn and Rose. No. And I'll give him that he need, he wanted those kids. Those those kids in the uh, the sort of... Uh, I the don't know what those hand. animals are called. Yeah, stable, but the, the stable the hands, yeah, yeah. lads. They wanted those because the, the, there's the line later on which is, we are the spark that ignites the fire that, to, that, that will burn down the, the, the baddies and mm -hmm. stuff. And again, you know, if you look at thematically, hope is a huge thing through this. There's always hope and we're going to burn down the old. Because there's the line from, is it Luke or Kylo? I can't remember, but it's something about um, erase the past, burn it if you have to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously wanting to burn the sacred Jedi tree down and all the books and stuff and Kylo wanting to burn down everything that Snoke stood for and what yep. he was going through. So there's a lot of, you know, again, thematically, this film is really rich. Yeah, yeah. I just don't fucking want it no, and I don't think it works very shit. well. So, here we go. Yeah. The Casino. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro's garbage character betrays them mm -hmm. by giving away the information mm -hmm. that they are the resistance are escaping from the huge cruiser mm -hmm. in little transports that they can't see. How do they know that? Quite. That's why it's impossible. Yeah. Because Benicio Del Toro meets Finn and Rose. Yeah. They don't know that that's the plan. Yeah. He could potentially I would let them I would let them suggest in defense, oh well he spoke to Poe mm -hmm. because Poe was kind of involved over the radio. This so you could it. argue that he'd spoken to Poe. Hold on. Even if you argue he spoke to Poe, yeah. Poe didn't know. No. Poe didn't know the plan. No. The only people that knew the plan were Holdo is, and maybe her closest there people. There is no interaction between nope. Finn and the people on the ship there, at the whole period that this is all going exactly. on. Exactly. There is no possible way that Benicio Del Toro's character, and again, it's such a shit character, I don't even know his name. I haven't written it down. I couldn't because even tell you. Because I don't know it. I couldn't even tell I you. I genuinely could don't not know tell it. You. I could sit watching the film now and I probably wouldn't know his fucking no, yeah, name. it's true. Um, he couldn't have known that information. He cannot have betrayed them with that information because there's no possible way that he knew that. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work. Now, again, I've, I've had these discussions with people who aren't quite as critical as we are. And I, I think there is something to be said that, yes, when you are a critic of things or you are trying to look at things in a critical way, you will maybe nitpick slightly more yeah. than other people will. My argument back in defence would be, if your film is keeping me entertained enough... Mm -hmm. For me to not think about these things in the moment, mm -hmm. then that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I sit down afterwards and start picking it apart, then there's something to be said for that. But I would always admit, at the time, 
I didn't notice, man, because I was just so wrapped up in what was going on. You got me along for the ride. Because what was happening counter to the casino is the slowest space chase in history. Right. And then on the other side, you've got miserable old Luke Skywalker not yeah. wanting to train Rey. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in this. And I'm not interested in that. So you know what I'm going to do? My mind is going to start picking apart yeah. all the fucking shit that you're not covering. See, again, I'm still unsure as to why suddenly this tiny little rebel ship or resistance ship, this tiny little ship which has a tinier engine than this massive, massive bastard over here, why this cannot catch up with this. Yes. Because physics, right? We, we, we're in we, space, aren't we? We're in space, right? And so it doesn't matter that the other thing's 15 times bigger because there's no drag. We've just discussed in a previous pod about gravity and about uh, the, the importance of speed and Gs and things like this. They're basically doing fuck all to try and catch up with them when that really should not be a problem. Oh, their, sh their, their, their engines are faster than ours. How? How? And why is that the case? You are a massive conglomerate that's built this massive bastard ship. They've cobbled the thing together yeah. and yet you can't catch up to them. They've got an ancient rebel cruiser. Yeah. And they managed to go faster than you. And again, let's take it from a design aspect. Look at the back of one of the Star Destroyers. That's got far more fucking engines yeah. than the back of a Carillion cruiser. I mean, look at the, the, the ship is like... What do you do? It's Snook's ship or whatever, isn't it? And the, the thing is ship. Yeah, fucking yeah. massive. Yeah. It is the size of like 50 cities yeah. in one. And again, along and the you back, can't you've got... With it. Engine, 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 engine. Massive blue engines in the middle just to show how massive they are. Yeah. Engine, engine, engine. What yeah. the fuck is the point in all and these you, engines? And you can't just press the button and go, Woo, let's go a little bit faster. <laughs> and then yeah. not even, it's something I hadn't even considered until the other week and I spoke to um, one of my colleagues and I was chatting about this because this episode is coming up and he's a fan. So I was talking to him about it, about episode eight and, and some of the issues with it and stuff and discussing with him. And he went, you know what's always confused me? I was like, go on. And he's like, well, because they're chasing for a while mm -hmm. before we're told they've got 18 hours of fuel left on the cruiser, right? So that's the resistance's ticking clock. That's mm -hmm. our ticking clock for the rest of the film. Is that not enough time to for one of the First Order ships? Like, just one, maybe? Yeah, we've had this discussion, yeah. Light speed in yeah. front, yeah. turn around and wait. Yeah. Or turn around and start coming back towards yeah. you on your engine drives. Yeah. Why can't you do that? Like a pincer move. Exactly. You've had 18 hours. Yeah. Or more than 18 hours. Yeah. 18 hours, it's like, say, after a bit, we get told that they can go for another 18 hours. What? What? Yeah. And again, when you consider that this tiny little ship was able to fuck off and get back within 12 hours, yeah. you, you couldn't just warp ahead or yeah. light speed ahead, turn around and wait for them. You couldn't light speed in another fucking fleet from somewhere else in the galaxy yeah. in 18 hours. Yeah. It just does not make sense. Um, trying to turn Chewie into a vegan. Do we have to? That do we, does do not really, make sense. Do we really have to turn Chewie into a vegan? Like, why? Oh, they just want, yeah. Why? I don't know, maybe... Is Ian Johnson a vegan? Is I he don't trying know. to subliminally but turn us all vegan? Like, oh, okay, I don't want to eat these little the creature because it looks cute. Oh, the porks are cute. Who the that. fuck cares? Like, people go, ooh, look, a little pig, that looks nice. Yeah, but guess what? 
bacon tastes better. Yeah. And my wonder is why I do that in the first place. Yeah. We never saw Chewie eating an Ewok arm or anything. <laughs> yeah. We, at what point did we actually go, yeah, Chewie is uh, he's, he's a proper meat eater. Yeah. At no point throughout the entirety okay, of Star Wars did we make that. Maybe that's you know. Ryan Johnson trying to inject some of the comedy well, into it. Because he wanted to do that. He did that with the milk and stuff and yeah. having Luke with all our milk yeah, no, that's, that, that I had no problem with girding up yeah. at the camera and stuff for comedy yeah. and it's like okay I get that but yeah I yeah let's free a bunch of animals because we don't like animal cruelty mm -hmm. okay fine but right, they but look, look, I'm sorry they look crap yeah again we've just done an episode talking about great CG yeah. in a television program yeah. and I think most of that escape sequence looks awful yeah. because again it's, it's it, I'll tell you what it is it's like watching one of the prequels yeah because the whole set yeah. is fake yeah. and green screen and yeah. shit, and so you've got no reference point for anything. And then you see Finn and Rose green screen bouncing on top of a very, very fake animal, and it's like, no, maybe not. And not to say they all are, because that the crystalline ones at the end, I yeah. actually think look really cool. Yeah, they look bad. And they managed to get like all the reflections off yeah, the different yeah, the white yeah. crystal yeah, would yeah. do that. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's oh, I don't know. But not to take away from the film itself, there are, as I say, a couple of bits which I just kind of go, actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, Luke and, and Yoda. Yes. The, the, that interaction where it's just yes. like, Cause oh, it's... Your, your mind is not on, you know, this way. And I was like, oh man, oh. That... I can, like that it's all funny Can we just have the Yoda whole fucking, well. yeah, that's, can we have the whole film of just those two interacting? Yeah. That would be far better. Yeah. Um, oh God. Yeah. Um, the... The, the smugness of Luke towards the end when he's mm -hmm. having that little battle and he's just dancing around and things like that. His hello to, to Leia, little nod to C-3PO, all well played, all very well done. No problem with that mm -hmm. at all. Well, th this is, th I come round to, I, I feel it picks up when we get down to that plan. Yeah. Um, I think there's some really interesting design choices from a, a, a production value point of view. Um, the, the, the sort of the planet is made out of some sort of red mineral, yes, with salt snow on the top like or that. salt yeah. on the top yeah, or yeah. something, and it, it does create some very cool dramatic visuals. Yeah, yeah. Particularly as those little speeder things are coming out, and you can see all the trails coming up and where yeah. people are going and stuff. And again, it, and it's, a, it's a really nice choice and I think it really, it looks great on screen. And the bit where if, again, you're paying attention to the film, you notice that as Luke arrives and starts walking around, there are no footprints. Yeah. There's none of this red dust appearing because he's a projection. Exactly. Um, the clues are there the whole time. And obviously to the viewer, not to Kylo or anyone else, because yes. they haven't seen him again, but we know because he's suddenly younger. Yes. He suddenly looks a bit more tidy and a bit younger. Yes. And that's to for Kylo Ren, so that Kylo uh, Ren sees him as his younger self. He's also got his lightsaber. Yeah, which which doesn't exist at that exactly. point. Exactly. Um, again, there's a couple of bits. I, I, I think, um, in terms of performances, I think Adam Driver is the best actor in this film, by by a country mile. Yeah, he, he certainly has the most work to do, yeah. emotionally and, and character-wise. Um, I really enjoyed Daisy Ridley in the first one. She begins to grate on me in this one. Okay. Um, I, yeah, she begins to grate on me and I'm not as big of a fan. I still really enjoy uh, John Boyega. I think his, his performance is good. But again, he, it, the, the most emotional crux for me is the moment that he and Ray finally meet up again and they hug each other. I'm yeah. like, okay, there's the emotional tether that I've been waiting for this entire fucking film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think it improves when we get down to the planet and we start moving forwards with that. 
And um, I mean, when it ends, it ends in line with episode five. Really, mm-hmm. it's it's the the downbeat ending. Mm-hmm. It's we are. How do we go on when it feels like we've been absolutely decimated and we've got nothing left? But as I say, one of the continual themes of the film is hope and hope for the future. And the the we are the spark that nights the fire that burns down the first order and that that play of things. So like I say, I, I find it quite in line with with sort of where episode five left us um and again obviously we now know that episode nine would have picked up threads from that pushed on with that the big resistance coming in at the end of episode nine as we'll get to obviously that is in the original script Mm. just not in that place and not in that zone but certainly the resistance that they they ask for in the in episode eight and don't receive Mm. comes in the second one because eight did start the fire Mm. but they don't know it yet and that would have been really interesting to play out then, because then you would have picked up on themes and threads that Rian had introduced, and you would be pulling those through to a natural conclusion. Hmm. So as it stands at the minute, they never get concluded satisfactorily. Well, it's like the... Uh, and I mean, fair enough, you could argue that he binned stuff that JJ set up. Sure. And just went, well, that isn't what I want to do with it. Because I, I, you know, I totally believe that JJ, when he wrote Ray was like, well, she's tied into the mythos. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he was going to write her as if he would have carried on. Yeah. But again, reading his interviews, after he did the first one, he was done. Mm. He didn't, he, he, you know, he sort of followed what was going on with the others, but he had nothing to do with them. Yeah. He was off to, he was on to a next, the next project, you know, because he was asked to start it. So he didn't mind where the threads went mm-hmm. and whether people changed what he was going to do with it. Didn't matter, because they were finishing it, not him. The thing for me as well, you... <laughs> They left episode eight, the, the like the last scene, and it it caught me completely by surprise because I didn't see it genuinely. I don't think I spotted it the first time around. I think it was when I read a, a review or something after, and it pointed it out, and it's like, oh yeah, the kid reaches out and the broomstick comes to his hand. And I was like, so what? We're supposed to go? The kid's force sensitive now? Yeah, and that's what he was and trying to and, do, and that was it. Never picked up ever again. Never picked up a that's, that's what Rian wanted to do. Yeah. He wanted to introduce the, the idea that these, you know, that there were other people out there and you didn't have to be born into it yeah. to be able to be force sensitive, to be able to help in this fight uh, against, uh, against the First Order and against the big baddie. So, the year rolls around and we get to episode nine. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, JJ was brought in. He had very little time. He... He had to do what he could, and what we got was episode nine. Now, <laughs> let's be fair. What we get is a epi- sequel. It's the sequel to episode seven, yeah. and very much follows the same format. Yes. So it is essentially episode six, Return of the Jedi, just different characters, mm-hmm. different plot points, different beats. Who'd have, who'd have thought JJ would have rebooted another film? Of the Star Wars franchise. I don't think... Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose he's rebooted episode six. I see what you're saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, but that's what I, I was expecting. Because that's what his first one was. It was a retread of old ground. And I expected nothing less. I mean, in terms of it, I... I there's the bit... I mean, I haven't... Uh, my notes here are written from seeing it at the cinema when I got back, so they're a bit disjointed, they're not as full as my other notes. Because sure. obviously I've had the chance to rewatch those a few times and I haven't with episode 9 yet. But, I mean, JJ's made it nearly that you don't need to watch episode 8. Yeah. The only thing you don't know is 
Luke. What happened to Luke? What happened to Luke? Did we ever find him? What happened? Yeah. And Snoke's dead. That's about it. I don't really think there's much else that the film tells you that you can't pick up from opening dialogue to the film and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and again, I can't argue with him. What was he supposed to do? He came in, was not supposed to be involved in any way, shape or form, had a script that was carrying on things from episode 8 that he couldn't do anything with, so fuck it, I might as well just continue threads that I started in 7 then mm. and, and bring them to their natural conclusion. Um, and like I say, the, the final battle, the, the Act 3, the final battle, is exactly Endor mm -hmm. from the end of 6. Mm -hmm. You've got the space battle in the air, mm -hmm. you've got um, the, uh, the, the, the... Individual... Yes, you've got the individuals space facing battle. up. Oh yeah, okay, ground space battle, which would be the equivalent of the Endor ground battle with Han and everyone. Yeah. And then you've got the, the main protagonists yes. facing off with the yeah. main bad guy. So you've got the three threats. Exactly. Space, ground, and then Palpatine. Exactly. And, yeah. Which is exactly the same as it was. But why not? What he's done is taken episode, like he did with episode 7, he's taken things that worked mm. and just revamped them for 2019, stroke 2015 when that one came out, um, and gives us the nostalgia. I, I fucking cheered. I mean, you may have heard, because we were at the cinema together for it. I cheered when I saw Wedge yeah, in yeah, the yeah. shooting position yeah. in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So... I'm sure, you is... I'm sure you turned to your daughter because she was like, yeah. is that, and, and who's that? And he's like, oh, Uncle Fluffy will confirm with me in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and I love that because we were like both clearly yeah. on the same thing. I knew, it, well, I yeah. thought it was Wedge, but I, had, I wasn't sure. He does, um, there's the callback when um, both Ray and, because Ray ends up going to the, the final planet, oh, I can't remember its name now, where Palpatine is. Mm -hmm. She ends up going in Luke's old X-Wing yeah. that we see in episode 8. How yeah. that still runs, I won't I'll worry about that, but fair enough. And Kylo arrives in an original TIE fighter from the wreck of the Death Star. Mm -hmm. And there's a, just a scene where they're parked next to each other. And I just loved that. that. That got to me because I was like, huh, yeah, that's where it all started. And that's what I think he tried to do, was just go, fuck, the only thing I can try and do now is to wrap up as much as I can, is to hit as many beats as I can, and to try and bring things to a conclusion that that, that seems to make sense. Does it? I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't think it, it does. really does. No. But I've got to be honest, I kinda liked Nine. Because it was more of the same. It was back to what I wanted from my main entry Star Wars. And and hi, at me, I don't care. Maybe I'm a crap Star Wars fan because I just want more of the same shit from my episodes. I don't know. But I know that I like 7 and 9 far more than I like 8. Mm. I mean, yes, I've got more to say about 8 because it challenges things and it does interesting things that provoke a discussion about whether that's right or wrong. And JJ's don't. They're safe. I mean, particularly 9, my main... My main issue with it is also the crux of it, and I like it, so it's, it's a real weird contradiction, but I hate the way that, in parts, he just went out for fan service. Like, let's face it, Rose's role, I mean, and again, now that we know we've seen the script leak from episode 9, Rose was supposed to be a, an important part of that film as well and have a greatly expanded role. She gets, what, 15 minutes of screen time? Not, in, not even 15 minutes. minutes. Not even that. Not even, it's like 8 minutes. Why did that. they do that? Why did they sideline her? Because of the fan backlash. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Come on. That, that's the coward's. No. That's a coward's way out, I'm afraid. And that, 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 
that character could easily have been taken as part of the ground force mm -hmm. with Finn fighting by his side. Yep. You essentially started a, a, a love story between these two characters. Wasn't wasn't a love story that I wanted, but that was where the threads you were going, and you basically just expunged that within 30 seconds yep. when there was no chemistry, no interaction between the pair of them. She's staying back to help out Leia. Right, okay. So she's just gonna do nothing because we know that Leia's dead. Oh, sorry, we know that uh, Carrie Fisher's dead and Leia's role is pretty limited in this. Mm. What I a fucking waste of time. No, no, no offense to, to J.J. Abrams, but he completely fucked over that character and that yeah. whole situation. He could have been in support of that character. You, go, you know what? You guys are fucking bang out of line. I'm going to put her front and centre as, as she should be because she's a sub-character and guess what? Her role is now expanded. Not take away that entirety of the No, role. I totally agree with you. If, if I was going to play Devil's Advocate mm -hmm. for JJ there, I don't know that that was JJ's choice. I don't know that JJ... No, this is, yeah, yeah. JJ went, I'm going to appease the fans yeah. and cut her role so that there is less backlash. For all we know, but, like I say, if all these machinations that we read about in the beginning phase, for all we know, that was Bob Iger. And he came if, back in and went, look, the fans have gone nuts over this. If I Fucking get her out. If I can then start going through my, yeah, my, my critical own... list, because this is, I think, so if he's got the say-so to do these things within the films, he's got the say-so to increase her role within the film. So first of all, these super destroyers. Yeah. These super destroyers which have been built in the middle of fucking nowhere with what resources, with what crew, with what what bunch of people have suddenly built this magical fleet. Not only is it a magical fleet, it beats the Death Star in firepower by a tenfold so it can now blow up a planet. They've got thousands of these blow up planet ships. Yeah. What That's the it. fuck? Bigger, isn't it? Bigger, bigger, bigger. What the fuck? So you've gone from Starkiller Base, <coughs> which could destroy several planets all at once, to now we've got individual tiny ships, which are a fraction the size of the Death Star, but have more firepower. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Um, these constant deaths and revivals. Okay, we're going to look... Okay, Chewie's dead. No, no, actually, Chewie's not dead. He's mm. actually alive. Okay, uh, this person's dead. Uh, actually, no, they're not. They're dead. I think... They're, 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 they're yeah, back alive. I thought they were fake-out deaths, to be honest. Uh, but, but this is it. It happens... Three or four times within the film, you can't do the same thing three or four times. No, it totally becomes agree. repetitive and it becomes ridiculous. This romance between Rey and Kylo, which, okay, you hinted that there was a connection between them in The Last Jedi, but you but also established that there was a, a good deal of hatred between them, and especially because he effectively turns on her at the end of Last Jedi, and now we're suddenly supposed to go, oh, they're, they're in a loving thing, and oh, it's nice that he gives her a kiss and saves her life. Bullshit. Don't buy it. Um, Palpatine. Seriously, Palpatine. Suddenly appears out of the ether. Just comes out of the ether and just like, Hi, oh, I've been alive all along. What? Where, where is the chunk of story? We've gone 30, 40 years. Where is the chunk of story explaining this? He's apparently had a kid. Well, he had a kid. Where the fuck is that story? This, this, this kid turns out to be Rose's parent. Really? Expand upon that. Don't give me the bullshit. Race parents, sorry. Don't give me the bullshit of chase scene after chase scene after chase scene after chase scene throughout the entirety of the galaxy and not give me any actual explanation as to where he's come from, when he had a child, where this connection has all come from. He's in this hall with hundreds of thousands of people crowded around him, loads of Sith loyalists. Where the fuck did they all just suddenly come from? 
So, just to touch on that, Go on. you're absolutely right, and I've got a deeper point there for the Palpatine thing. It doesn't work. The timeline doesn't work again. Right? So we guessed, sort of, in the early phase, that we've passed between 20 and 40 years sure. since episode 6. Sure. Yeah? Yeah, all right. We know Rey was left when she was, oh, I don't know, what, 10 maybe? Yeah. If you look at the age of the child when she's being pulled back by yeah, the lad. Yeah, maybe 10. Yeah. So we've passed, so Rey's what, 20, mid-20s, should we mid say? Mid-20s, yeah. Okay. So let's go back, Rey's mid-20s when we pick her up. Let's go back to Rey when she's born then. Yeah. So we're sort of 10 to 15 years post episode 6. Sure. 20 years maybe if sure. I'm being really fair to them. Sure. So we're 20 years post thingy. So Palps has been dead for 20 years at that yeah. stage. How's he other He certainly ain't shagging anyone. No. And even if, even if he was shagging someone, <laughs> yeah. the way he fucking was in episode 6, <laughs> fuck off. Seriously? Like, unless she's the child of rape. Yeah. I don't know how he knocked any fucker up. Is it metachlorians? Oh, not metachlorians. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, I suppose that's the one thing we can say that William Johnson did right. He didn't turn around and go, hey, everyone can have force powers because there's been a midichlorian shower. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. But yeah, it doesn't fucking work. It does not work. Now, again, playing devil's advocate, of course it doesn't fucking work. Because it wasn't planned from the start like this. JJ scrabbled around in the fucking dark, grabbed some pieces from his chessboard and went, right, well, if I put that there and that there and that there, yeah, go on, I think I can make that work. Yeah, no. yeah, go on. No, it's as you said, when you're watching the film and you're suddenly being critical over this and you're overcritical of this and this and this, that's exactly what I was doing throughout this entire film. I was sat there going, okay, that can't be possible because of that and that can't be possible because of that. All right, fine, you get to the end and there's a nice little fan service and okay, right, she takes on the name. Okay, cool, that's that's lovely and you bury these things and okay, lovely and you've got your nice new lightsaber and cool, looks badass and yeah, you're, you're taking that, you know, for those who don't know, perhaps don't, that lightsaber is essentially the same colour as the Guardians, the, the Jedi, Jedi Guardians. Guardians yeah. And I love that and I thought that was a nice little nod. But unfortunately, I'm not buying your lineage. Bullshit. I'm not buying this lovely little relationship. Bullshit. The fact that he dies in your arms and you seem really cut up about it. Bullshit. I'm just... Uh, his redemption arc is good. I like that. Suddenly we get a force ghost of Han Solo. Sorry, when did non-Jedi people allow, allow that to happen? <laughs> Was, Where the fuck did that come from? I was discussing with my daughter last night and she reminded me that Han came up as a force ghost and I was like, oh yeah, you're right actually. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, how did that happen? Because they just wanted her. Because I was saying to her, no, Han's not in episode nine. What are you talking about? She was like, yeah, he is. He's a force ghost. I was like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. And no matter what you do in episode eight with pushing open the doors to being able to get the force, <laughs> I still don't understand how Han comes back as a force ghost. That's absolutely implausible. All right, we hunt on the fact that, uh, again, this is the thing that, uh, you know, Finn kind of... And it really pissed me off because it was a crux point of the film several times where Finn wants to say something to Ray but doesn't because there's other people around. He's like, I've got something to tell you. And it's like, okay, this is a big thing. It's yeah, like yeah. a really big thing. Yeah. And we never get a finality to oh. it. And it's basically like, you come out of his, oh, well, essentially he was, you know, going to say that he's beginning to feel the force. Yeah, but how do we know that? We only know that because JJ in an interview after the release of the film, when everyone was going... What the fuck was Finn going to say? Because yeah. you never told us. Yeah. JJ had to go, oh yeah, well he was going to say this. Yeah. It's like, well why isn't that in the film so then, you again, fucking penis? So going back, going back to my point, 
He's making the script. He's making sure yeah. that X, Y, and Z is happening. Guess what? You can give Rose a fucking bigger role. Yeah, so, JJ Abrams, that's on you. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I can't argue with that. I... <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's so bad. Um, but isn't bad. But, but I mean, I've know, only seen it once. I can only go based yeah, on true, one true, viewing. True. There are enjoyable moments in it. And I came out so buzzing, you know. I remember. Because I, but I, I believe that was probably all the fan service in the last act, mm. because you even get the the voices of the different Jedi in her head. Yeah, and that was I loved yeah. that. That was so good. Yeah. But it's just fan service. It is. It's, um, just, the only... it's what you do when you're wrapping up the trilogy. You reference things that have come before, don't you? To yeah. Make the only like thing you. that I will say on that is that, again, this is somebody who's watched the animated stuff. I would now like them to do away with that nonsense. If they're going to do another Star Wars TV series, uh, you know, Mad we, five, we've got is it season five is next? Uh, something like that. But as in, like, we, we've obviously got Mandalorian, which we may yep. get around to discussing very shortly. But if they do another series, I want this to focus on Ahsoka Tano or Sabine Wren from Rebels. I think those two characters would be absolutely. Brilliant. You've got a great idea there. Two female characters. Two female characters, even together, because that's kind of how it, it, it ends with Rebels. Ahsoka Tano, her voice is in The Last Jedi, as are very, uh, sorry, not Last Jedi, sorry, uh, Rise of Skywalker, as are many other people. I've read that, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and Liam yeah, Neeson, Liam Neeson Ewan McGregor, they, they yeah. all came back to the studio, did a little part just yeah. for that. That and is that awesome. actually fan service, cool. and I love the fact that uh, that Ahsoka Tano was in there as well, as was Kanye Jazz. Apparently, their ships were in the big ship battle bit. You know, when all the resistance yeah. ships sort of swoop in, apparently yeah, yeah, yeah. like Ghost and whatever I see, was I in there. I've, I've only Phantom seen it or, once. I've only seen it. So once, I think you said so, before yeah. that I, because I, I haven't seen it all. So yeah. it's not the Clone Wars one. It's the the Rebels, Rebels. one. It must it's be Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. So Ghost. it must be Ghost. Yeah, Ghost does appear in Rogue One. That flies in. Yeah. Okay. I've only seen it once. Exactly. It'll be interesting really to watch again. Um, I tell you what, the romance that I wanted that they didn't yes, do. Yes, and we all wanted it's that, that bit at the end where Finn and Poe run and hug each other, yeah. kiss, yeah. kiss. Yeah, it's like of all the shit that you've had to put in here because things have gone this way or that way. The one thing that I think has been fairly consistent all the way through is a very bromancy relationship between right, yeah. Finn and Poe, particularly in the first one. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, they, they, they shoehorned in, in that final sequence, yes. they shoehorned in a, a, a lesbian kiss in the yeah. background, a, a female kiss, and I was like, no, you need to do it here. Here yeah. Yeah. is where you've actually been laying the seeds for three films. Whether you realise it or not, you've consistently spread that you've... All right, they've worked people in and out of potentially... Because at the beginning of episode nine... There's a bit of Ray Poe yeah. sort of yeah. Han Leia yeah. friction. Yeah. I was like, oh, so that's where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would have preferred that, that than never the, comes to anything than the shoehorned in Kylo. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, no, no. Didn't, didn't buy it. Didn't buy it for a million years. But I'd have accepted them as sort of a brother sister connection yeah, or that, something. But that I would have understood. But oh, I'm going to give you a kiss goodbye before you fall asleep and die, Mars. Mm, Bullshit. Not no. buying it. Sorry, not buying no, it. I agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that. I mean, you know why they didn't? Because, as we saw, yes, they had to cut the lesbian kiss out yeah. for release in China. Yeah. So if they'd have done it between two main characters, they'd never have gotten the Chinese money from it. And that is where, you know, as much as you say, yes, JJ is writing the script, he's in control of this and he's in control of that, is he? 
Or is Disney going, yeah, but we can't market it if you do that. Mm -hmm. And actually, no, you can't do that bit because then China won't have it. And no, you can't be you can't be well, pro that because then Russia aren't we've, interested. We've, we've already talked about the South Park episodes discussing this very exactly, thing, so. exactly. So yeah, I think I, I haven't really got much more to say about nine of you. No, uh, as I said, I mean I've, I've I've only seen it once. I suppose uh, in hindsight, I've I've seen maybe we'll come. Maybe uh, we should do Force Awakens and Last Jedi a couple. Well, bits of the Last Jedi because I can't get through that middle bit. I just can't. It's, it's just too bad. Maybe we should do a watch along or something for the podcast, and then people can. Possibly. Start the film at the same time as the podcast sure. and listen to us comment through it when it's out on Blu-ray or something. Maybe that would be interesting to see yeah. whether, whether we feel differently about it. Sure. Because yeah, regardless always, you know, yeah. of how you feel about all this, like I say, I, my conclusion would be that I have realised that from my main episode, Star Wars, what I wanted was more of the same. Mm -hmm. I wanted the JJ version, basically. I didn't want things to be subverted. I didn't want strange things to happen. Um, oh, I didn't touch on the bit where I think they protected it. So, episode 9 introduces Force healing. Yeah. After the kickoff in episode 8 of the Force pull, do you remember yeah. The Mandalorian? There was one episode that was pushed prior to Rise of Skywalker's yeah. release. That episode was the episode where they introduced force healing. Well, and I feel I mean, that they did that because no one complains about it on The Mandalorian. Sure. A new force power being introduced. Sure. But they went mental when that happened in episode 8. So I genuinely uh, think that Disney went, right, put this episode first because that'll happen. Then people will see the same thing happen in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And if they start to kick off... The fans will go, oh, but it happened in this first. Why yeah. aren't you ragging on this? I mean, as, as I understand, I mean, the thing is, having played multiple like Star Wars games and stuff like that, the ability to heal has always kind of been there ingrained, I think. You see, degree. But it hasn't fair been enough, within But again, the... you're going into the wider game yeah, exactly. that your average Joe doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. But then again, can you argue that Star Wars is made for the average Joe well, anymore? It, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, think, I don't think you can do that because... Average Joe won't won't have read that, and I, like I didn't know. I've I've played some Star Wars games and stuff. I didn't know you could heal. I didn't know you could force heal. Yeah, I'm sure it's so it's part you of know. The, but I haven't yeah. played as many as you, admittedly. Mm. But I, you know, yeah, I've played like the first Battlefront or whatever, and I've played a few Star Wars strat games over the years mm -hmm. and things, and, and a little mobile game. But you know, I've never I've never seen force healing. That was totally new to me. I didn't care because <laughs> there was an interview with Ryan Johnson I was reading for the research on this where. People were. Uh, he was the interviewer was questioning him about Leia's force powers and new force powers being introduced, and he said, "Well, why is everyone forgetting that we were introducing new force powers in the original episodes? Because we'd never seen any of this. Yeah. So every power was a new power, and no one complained back then. But because uh, you've set it in stone, yeah. and you've built this reverence structure around it, where we have to treat this as almost a work of." Biblical proportions, you know, to almost deify it in in the modern, which is not everyone's view, but is certainly the fandom of Star Wars at its core, the, the fanatical aspects of it, would treat it as such, would see it as almost a sacred text that should not be messed with. Yeah, I mean, loads of people had the, you know, were in uproar when you know Phantom Menace came out, and suddenly, you know, lightsaber battles were. Fucking sword battles. They weren't. They the were cool. Slow samurai style battle that you know you you get between Obi Wan and Vader yeah. uh, in in the first. They're not. They're they're okay. These are energetic people. These are young. These are virile people. They can bounce about and do crazy. I think went nuts like for Yoda, this. but I do love that sequence at the end of 
is it Attack of the Clones? Yeah. Where him and Dooku yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. But he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's bouncing all around. Yeah, like, he's just it? a blur yeah. of green light flipping around. But that's it. It's like, okay, yeah, he's he, he's very crippled most of the time because he doesn't really use that much energy. When he does, he's going to you know spend some energy. So, yeah, I mean, there's. I think the thing is, is we will always say, in terms of any review that we do, it's subjective. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's what we particularly like. Mm. Um, whereas there are different opinions over everything. Mm. And that's where, the, that's where I think this, this toxic culture comes in. Yeah, we're opinionated on what we're talking about. Mm. But guess what? I'm not going to go on the internet and I'm not going to spew hate uh, and horrible comments at people because of the performance they've done of a fictional character in a fictional story yeah, and that's what we have to remember in all instances absolutely of this stuff. and i even think uh, bringing it down a level from that i i don't care whether you out there enjoyed the film or not that's entirely up to you but i would hope that you are able to sit down and have a reasoned discussion with someone with an opposing point of view. Mm. Because, you know what, sometimes you don't see everything. Mm. And sometimes you aren't considering all sides of the, the thing you're looking at. Because you've got your own opinion which leads you down a certain path. It always does, that's default. So you have to either have someone else to go, but did you look at that? Yeah. That kind of doesn't marry up with what you're saying. Yeah. And then you go, huh, shit, actually, Huh, you're right. Mm -hmm. And but you have to be a big enough person to to go with that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the oh, what was it? I heard the other week something about um have ideas because you can change ideas but you can't change beliefs. Oh uh, no, but changing a belief is so much harder. Yeah, and do you know where that came from? No, go on. That was the comment that I made that Chris Rock says in Dogma. Thank you. There you go. That's fantastic. And that has stuck with me since that. There you go. Because I I know I've never stopped thinking about that and I apply it to so much stuff. And it's true. It's it totally is true. Bang on. Absolutely bang on. Yeah. And I just wish there was more like it. It's a shame we didn't get the chance to do the I want you to watch uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood for next time we come I back. will uh, watch I, it. I think we've discussed so many, I think that would have been hard to, to, to fit into the... Absolutely, but to, that yeah. film, that one specifically, had yeah. a massive effect on me. Okay. And I think you are going to see some things in that film as well. Cool, wonderful. Because of the scenarios between the characters sure, and, the, and the positioning and just... Oh, Tom Hanks is lovely. Anyway, that was a slight <laughs> detour. But for next time, I, I do want you to have seen that so we sure. can discuss. Yeah, it. I, I will have. But yeah, in in summation, I'm. The problem is, I would love to throw away all the gumph about the situation around it and how things came about and the amount of time that JJ had and what he was left, the pieces he was left with to try and construct something. If I'm going to be fair, I think he did the best job that he possibly could have done. Mm. I don't. I don't know how I would have done it any different, no. given the constraints he was under, given the, the, the fact that he had <laughs> no thoughts for this franchise after his episode. He didn't know where it was going. He had no idea where he would have taken it. He was out. It's expectations as well. Exactly. And you would have thought they would have been lowered by <laughs> episode eight and how badly received that sure. was. But I discovered that, yeah, I am a shit Star Wars fan who just wants more of the same ring from my main episodes. I'm a bit crap when it comes to that, to be honest. I didn't want to be challenged by Rian Johnson and his stuff. And the problem is, even if I did want to be challenged by it, and let me say, I love Rian Johnson as a director. I think he's amazing. Hello, sir. I think you're brilliant. You're not listening. But I think you're incredible. Knives out. Yay. And like I say, I've been a fan since Brick. But I, I didn't want that. That isn't what I wanted mm -hmm. from my Star Wars, and even if it was, I don't... <laughs> the problem is the, the 
the plot, the the narrative mm -hmm. flow of the film, just is too slow and boring. Really, there's not enough actually. Even though you've got three separate storylines going in different places, one of them's really boring. The other one's totally stupid, and the other one's really disappointing because it's not the character that you wanted, no. not however, training the character that you do want. However, I will say this, I will say this. Mm -hmm. Now, we've obviously had, I mean, granted, not core Star Wars films in, in, in that sense. However, we've also had the, you know, side, side films. We've had Rogue One, which is fucking phenomenal. I went into that and loads of people were like, and came out of it, I was like, I fucking love Rogue One. Even to this day, I still love Rogue One. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, Rogue One, if you yeah. if you sat me down and said, I've got every Star Wars film that's ever been made, main yeah. episode or side, yeah. what do you want to watch? Yeah. Rogue One. Rogue One. Every time. Love it. But this is the thing. What I will say about The Last Jedi is it's not the worst Star Wars film. That is reserved for Solo. Yes. And I expected better I from Ron Howard. But again, I'm not gonna. Yeah, because no, right, the we problem have this, is you have to get into the do, blah, 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 blah. I think if you look at so, don't be wrong, I would never defend Solo. I think the the heist sequence is really cool um, that they do on the, the plane and everything, and I've seen VFX stuff on that. And actually, the explosion that happens from the special bomb was done in water. So the the ball that appears was actually a model of the mountain in a fish tank, and then they put the explosive charge in, so it would make a circle coming out of it. I mean, it's clever shit. Man. I That's think really it was cool. massively miscast as well. But I feel, you know the bit where they're coming out of, like, there's a big shootout in front of a massive stage set and stuff, like, as they're coming out of a cave? Yeah, yeah. That's about halfway through the film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I would put money on the original draft of the script and when Lord and Miller were on board, that was the finale. I think that was the end. Okay. And they added more in, because it seems after that point, the natural end point of the film. Mm. But then we suddenly there's something we've missed and now we've got to go off over here and do something else. And it never builds. It all seems like it's building to that bit. And then that bit happens and then suddenly we, we start building again and it just totally takes me out of it. Um, I totally agree. I think Solo is the... Oh, I don't know, actually. Oh, I, man, I, don't, I don't think I could watch Attack of the Clones again. I, no, genuinely, I could, cause I could struggle through them. It's um, the middle bit. It's the bit where we get to Naboo and, and we have the there, horrible... Oh, they dancing around the fields and all that ah, nonsense. Because they're not even real fields because George Lucas is a fucking right, dickhead calm, by calm, that point. Calm down, calm down, he didn't even calm, want to take down. them into a calm, real field. Calm down now. Come on, come on, calm down. Before you start banging the table, calm down. Yep, calm, come calm, on. calm. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Yeah, all right. It's either between Solo and Attack of the Clones for the worst one. I think you're right. But yeah, if if I was being fair, if I was being fair, I I think JJ did the best job he could. But I shouldn't have to have researched all the machinations and the bullshit that goes on in the background. You should have just. I mean, I don't know how you get around it because if it is that Trevorrow left because he was like, "Fuck, I've poured three years into writing this script, and now I've got to tear it up and start again." Mm -hmm. Shit, man, I can't do that in the amount of time I've got left. But again, going back to uh, our just previous podcast uh, of, of The Expanse, check it out, everybody. Um, we talk about the fact that there are, there are books, so there is a definitive explanation as to why this happens and why this is paid off. For me, fundamentally, the majority of the payoffs in this film are never set up. There is no... No. Payoff for a lot of the things happening in this film. That fundamentally, 
for me is the crux of, of, of yeah. my issues. With yeah, that. and that's the thing, and, and I wonder whether you know we, we clearly we would have got some payoffs if you go through the script. I if, mean, I didn't I didn't go through the entire of the no. leaked episode. If JJ, script, I read write ups of it, but if JJ had done seven, eight, and nine. That flow may have been better, yeah. but we had a juxtaposition from seven to eight, and then completely flip it again. And I wonder whether that's where they went wrong. In the first place, was Disney going, we're going to give three different directors yeah. a blank page to do what they want? Because again, Rian Johnson was told when he started writing, everyone asked him, so were you, you know, did you have to start at point A, get to point B, hitting X, Y, and Z in the middle? And he said, no, they just gave me a blank piece of paper and said, do what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to give a director that level of creative freedom, mm-hmm. then you, you, of course you're inviting those sort of problems where things don't get paid off and followed through and things. So maybe they should have just gone, fuck it, let's just, JJ, come in, do it. Yeah. Do all of them. Yeah. Do the whole trilogy for us. Because he probably would have done all right. Well, here, we, we, We'd have got more of the same, wouldn't we? So here's, here's, here's the, the, the question mm-hmm. for, for me to, to, to end on my, on my bit on. We've seen JJ and we've seen him reboot Star Trek and we've seen him reboot Star Wars. What's the next reboot for JJ? What's the next reboot for JJ? Okay. Well, I think Disney are probably going to keep an eye on him now. <laughs> so I reckon, what's, I don't know, what's the next Disney live action? <laughs> I can't even. Because like John <laughs> no, Favreau was doing really well in Marvel, so Disney went, excuse me, do you want to come and do Jungle Book and Lion King live action reboots? I mean, live action reboots, fucking hell, I use the word. It's loosest possible sense, particularly <laughs> Lion King. There's no fucking live action in it whatsoever. It's just a CG reimagining of an already brilliant film. Ugh. Anyway, that's an episode for another day. The fucking live action <laughs> Disney show. Um, Sorry, that was just a, a throwaway. No, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, and yeah, they, they just should have done a better job. And I, I, I've got to be honest. That yes, I, I saying that I couldn't tell you how. I don't really know how I would have this done is it. it. I don't yeah. know how I would have gotten out of the situation. I think they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Exactly. In many respects, and that's why, many if I'm going to be fair, I think episode 9, he did the best job he could. Episode 7, he did what he wanted. Episode 8, Rian did what he wanted. And episode 9, JJ tried his best to tie up everything he could in whatever ways he could. And he didn't get everything, and it didn't all make sense. But, but that is what it is. At the know? same time, you know, people coming out of... I mean, we, we, we all know at this moment in time, and it will always be the case, the original trilogy will always be the best trilogy. Whatever way, you, way shape, and form you look at it. Yeah. The one thing is that loads of people came out, and, and they may forget about it now, but loads of people came out of Return of the Jolly and went, what the fuck were those little Muppets doing in there? Everybody hated the fucking Yeah, everyone hated the Inbox. Yeah. So, you know what? That That's it. It's like... It is, it is a little bit rose-tinted, isn't it? It is, it is. And it is. again, because the fandom is potentially younger, they don't have that reference point. They don't know what it was like. i tell you what, the only other positive I would say is I my daughter is 11, and I tried to start getting her into Star Wars about when she was sort of 8-ish, because I thought we can start with the prequel stuff mm-hmm. and, and move forwards. Obviously, I kind of I did skip bits of... Uh, Revenge of the Sith where it gets a bit dark and yeah, a bit sure. graphic because yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they are 12s and she was a bit young um, so I kind of covered her eyes for some sequences just because I didn't want her to be scared but she did not connect well she connected with Chewie she loves Chewie she called him Joey when she was very young she thought his name was Joey um, she loves Chewie and she connected with him human characters Ray was the first one she got on board with that was the first one that made her go huh and I think it's because it's a female. Mm. 
and it was a female, as you say, just surviving, doing the basic mundane shit, you know, and not exciting in any way, you know. And I think she, she, that was what she latched onto. Mm. And then you've got BB-8, which, let's be fair, he's a fucking cute bastard, that thing. And uh, uh, oh, the one thing I would say about JJ, and this goes back to episode seven, I, I didn't mention. Thank you, JJ. Thank you for actually having sets. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm. Because that opening sequence looks so good mm. because that is a set. Mm. The the base, the rebel base, mm. looks incredible mm. because they actually down at mm, Cardington, I think, in Bedford. Uh where are the Pinewood Studios are where they shot it? And it's an ex military base, which is where all the hangars are, the bunkers are. Mm. And they built full size models of the Millennium Falcon, of multiple mm. X Wings, and they put them in a fucking you know, they did it. So that it looked perfect. So that when you're shooting it, you haven't got to worry about, oh, well, there's going to be a CG bullshit over there. And there's going to be a bit of CG bullshit over here. And you don't need that. Because, mm -hmm. oh, look, there's a plastic model behind you that you're stepping down a ladder from. It looks brilliant. Mm. And I, I really love that he went with that. And he continued that forwards, I think, into nine. I mean, I think about the third act and... A lot of the third act is probably CG, actually. Like, if you think about the stuff on the... Sh the oh, yeah. ground battle on the ship is probably most... Yeah, yeah, the whole stuff with Palpatine. All and all the Palpatine yeah, thing yeah, could yeah, be... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, alright, but at least in the first place, he did try and bring it back round to genuine sets again. Um, but, yeah. Alright. Let's call it quits on that one, then. I think we've said all we need to say, haven't we? I think so. I think so. We've tried to be as fair... Well, I've... I've tried to be as fair as I can. I didn't want this to be a Star Wars bashing session. I've tried to pick out the positives where we have found them and we agree on them. And I tried to put across the situation politically, if I can use that term, to describe the background and the backstage machinations, if you like, that were going on around it, to give some context mm. to what we got. It's not to say I wasn't entertained. I was. Exactly. I suppose. Oh, I've watched this seven and eight again uh, since uh, to to prepare for this. Yeah. Seven, I enjoyed pretty much every minute of, and eight, I struggled with for a lot. And like you say, it's that big middle section that just drags it all back, and it's bookended by a couple of good sequences, basically. But let's stop it at that point. I hope. You think we've been fair? I hope we've covered the stuff that you wanted us to cover. As always, you can tell us what you think uh, by going to the YouTube channel, which is bit.ly forward slash biteback.yt, um, and leaving a comment, subscribe, like, all that sort of business. If you want to uh, support us financially, you can go to bit.ly forward slash biteback Patreon. And again, the bite is always a computer bite, not a food bite. And finally, if you want any of this information again and you want links and to be kept up to date with what we're doing, please go to facebook.com forward slash the screenmasters. That's facebook.com forward slash the screenmasters, uh, where you can send us a message and do any of that sort of stuff. But for now, I have been Bav. I have been Fluff. And this has been Screen Masters.